Well, welcome to Sandals Church, the place where we love being real. Real with ourselves, real with God, and real with each other. Well, my name is Jeff and I'm your online pastor who gets to connect with you, our online community. If you are here for the very first time, this is a place to be. I mean, this is the place to be and we would love to connect with you. We want you to know that you matter. Sure, this is a, this is a big place, but I want you to know that each one of you, you matter. And we wanna connect with you, especially if you are new. Just visit sandalschurch.com slash next. We have so many of you hanging out right now on the chat. We would love to hear read from you. Let us know where you're watching from, say hello. Maybe, maybe you wanna tell us what you love about Pastor Matt. Maybe you wanna let us know what your favorite color is, whatever, I mean, mine is orange. I mean, that's the favorite. I mean, that's the best color in the world anyway. Whatever it is, we wanna create a digital lobby space and engage and connect with you. Right now, we are going to sing some songs and please don't let this be a time when you just sit back and watch others sing to God. We all have something to sing about and God requires our praise. So let's join in and worship our amazing and awesome God. Don't breathe again 
thanks so much for singing with us. As always, if you have kids, we'd love for you to direct them to our kids.sandalschurch.tv or after the message, you can watch it together as a family. Before we jump into the latest message in our Win in Rome series, we wanna share what someone said on the chat after last week's message. Soul Disciple said, Soul Disciple, by the way, that's just a great handle. Soul Disciple said, my big takeaway is to keep focusing on God's word and fixing areas where I'm stubborn and not to judge others as if I'm not guilty of the same things, but to stand on God's definition of right and wrong with the intention of making people aware of sin so they can also be made aware of God's grace. That's so encouraging and we know there are many of you like Soul Disciple who have been greatly impacted by the messages in this series. Well, today I am certain this will be a message that will help you discover a better way to live like Christ. Let's hear from Pastor Matt. Hey guys, welcome to Sandals Church. So glad that you're joining me today. We're gonna talk about, does a, does a loving God judge? So for most of us, we have a really hard time with God being this loving, incredible, amazing being, and yet a judging God. And so for many of us, those things are, are separate and we have a hard time reconciling that. And so a lot of people I hear when they left the church, they say, oh, I, just, I just don't want any of that, you know, that judgmental stuff. And so here's the thing is, one of the things I've seen is as we've moved away from church and the judgment of God, we've moved away towards God and the judgment of others. You see, we all know we need judgment. And that's one of the things I wanna to talk to you about today. We desperately, desperately, desperately need judgment. We need to know what's right and what's wrong. Otherwise we can't live our lives. And so I wanna, I wanna challenge you today. If some of these concepts are hard, I want you to trust that this is good for you. I want you to trust that this, this is meant to warn you and direct you. And especially if you're a parent today, you're living in a world where people who don't know your child, didn't birth your child, are telling you not to judge, not to lead, not to direct. I want you to know those people don't love your child, but God does. God does. He loves your kid and he wants to set your child on the right path because there's a right path and there's a wrong path. And we're going to talk about today that judgment is one of those things that keeps us on the right path. So let's just begin with a word of prayer. If you're new to church, I just want you to know I, I love you. I'm praying for you. Thank you so much for being willing to hear what, what we believe about God at Sandals Church. And for those of you who've been a part of us for a long time, man, would you just listen and don't think about what somebody else needs to hear, but say, God, what do I need to hear today? Let me pray for you. Lord, I know that people are coming. Life is hectic, it's so strange. God, just pause us for a moment and help us to understand, God, that you, you judge us because you love us. Help us to understand that and why we need your judgment to direct us today. So God, as we go over some tough concepts, some, some tough ideas, Lord, some tough scriptures, let us remind ourselves of your love for us that's found in Jesus. And God, for those of us who know Jesus, let us know it's not judgment that we're, that we're awaiting, but it's the return of our Savior who loves us. 
And for those of us who don't know Jesus, let this be a warning to make the right decision today. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen. So let's take a look. We got a lot of scriptures today. Some of it's gonna be what I talked about last week, but it really is gonna build towards this week. So Romans 2, 15 through 16, it says, but because of your stubbornness, when I look at the world today, there's just a stubbornness and people are just stuck, right? If you're, if, if you're a liberal, you're stuck here. You're a conservative, you're stuck here and, and, and nothing's happening. We're just all kind of stuck. And that's what happens in our relationship with God. But because of your stubbornness and your unrepentant heart. You see, one of the problems today is we've, we've divorced ourselves from God's judgment is we have divorced ourselves from the ability to change. The Bible says you can change. The Bible says you should change. And the Bible says Jesus will help you change. The world says you're stuck. You're stuck there, right? You, you can't change anything about yourself. You are simply a biological machine, pre-programmed. The Bible says you're a son or a daughter who's loved and the father waits for you to come home. So listen to this. Some of you are storing up wrath against yourself. What you're doing right now in your, in your stubbornness and your, your unrepentantness is you're just adding to what you're gonna face on judgment day. You're storing it up for the day of God's wrath when his righteous judgment will be revealed. Here's why we need God's judgment because only his judgment is righteous. Man, I've been preaching on sexuality and, and if, you're, if, if you're lesbian, gay, you know, transgender, I'm not saying this is you. But it's amazing to me for a community that claims to be all about love and acceptance, I've received a lot of judgment. I have received some harsh, ugly judgment. And see, this is what happens. No matter what you call yourself, no matter what flag you wave, you can never have the righteous judgment of God. It can't happen because you're gonna get yourself mixed in the process. You're gonna, you're gonna transfer what's in you on me or what you've experienced from someone else. And it's gonna keep you from hearing the truth. You see, the truth is we're all judgmental. All of us are. Only God can judge correctly. It says God will repay everyone according to what they've done. You know what, why we can't judge as human beings? Because we hold people accountable for what we're afraid they're gonna do. This is what's wrong with our political process, right? We can't have a, a discussion on abortion or, or we can't have a, a discussion on you know, 12-year-olds transitioning because of what we're afraid of. Rather than dealing with the substance, we deal with our fears for the future. And what that means is we live in hell in the present. You see, we need God's judgment. If you wanna read the worst book in the Bible, it's called Judges. Judges. It's a terrible book. It's a terrible book. I remember as a young man reading about Samson and I'm like, how's this guy a leader? He's not. He is, he is a hormonal driven sex addict. That's what he is. And he was the judge, kind of like what we have leading us nowadays, right? <laughs> got a bunch of Samsons running around chasing Delilahs. Or nowadays we got Delilahs chasing Samsons or Delilahs chasing Delilahs or Samson chasing Samsons. <laughs> See, we need God's judgment because we're not good at it. We're not good at it. If you're divorced, you need to admit you have a lack of judgment. You married the wrong person and you're like, God, why'd you do this? He's like, I was there. I was going, no, 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 no. Oh, you followed your heart, because that's good advice. To those who persist in doing good, it will seek the glory and honor and immortality that God gives. You see, that's, that's why we want judgment, because we want our lives to matter. I want what I'm doing right now to matter. And so that's why I live the way that I live. I'm not living for now. I'm believing that there's something better to come. God, I hope this is not all it is for you. But for some of you, listen to me, this is as close to heaven as you're ever gonna get. 
And for those of us who are believers, this is as close to hell as we're ever gonna get. And we need to know that and we need to believe that. What's the problem with the world, right? Racism, sexism, right? All these isms, communism, socialism, capitalism. Here's the problem, self-centeredness. But for those of you who are self-seeking, it's why Jesus says, if any man or woman would come after me, let them first deny themselves. You see, some of you call yourselves Christians and you've added Jesus to your selfish cause, to your selfish motivation, to your selfish desires. And that's why people run around saying, well, Jesus would never ask me to deny myself because Jesus isn't your God, you are. But for those of you who are self-seeking, who reject the truth, reject the truth. Like some of you who are listening, you make fun of me and what I believe in the Bible and yet you say there's a spectrum of gender. There isn't a seventh grade biology teacher in the world that believes that unless they have another motive. Listen to me. Man, the, the, some of the leading doctors on, on, on transgender are being shouted down at their own conferences and driven out of their universities because the medical research says something different than what you and I are all being told. Do you know that? Medical doctors are being driven out, denied funding, isolated. And now in our public schools in California, because we deny the truth, a 12-year-old can go to a public school and get a shot of testosterone as a young girl without her mom or dad knowing. Listen to me, church. My son has terrible vision. We've wanted to get him LASIK for years. We couldn't do it until he was 18. We can't improve his vision until he's 18, but we can change your gender at 12. Tell me, tell me that I've denied the truth that I've denied the truth. And some of you, here's why we need God. You think you know, you don't know. Let me tell you something. Science can't tell you why you're here, it can't. Well, I believe science, well, I believe in God. I don't deny science. And I would welcome many of my friends, you know, that, that, that hate God, that are way on the left. I, I'd invite you back to science. I think there's some stuff there you ought to know. You see, God, God loves us and has a plan for us. And he and he alone can judge us. But those, for those of us who are self-seeking, I wanna do what I wanna do, right? Remember the old story, Pinocchio? How does that work out? You see, we all been to Disneyland and we like the story of Pinocchio. Let me tell you what Walt, good old Walt did to change the story. You see, in the cute cartoon that you watch with your kids, the cricket runs with Pinocchio as he goes to Pleasure Island. In the book, in the story, you know what he does to the cricket? He smashes him against the wall and he kills him because that's what you have to do to live for yourself. You have to pretend you don't have a conscience. You have to kill it to live for yourself. But for those who are self-seeking and who reject the truth and follow evil, there will be wrath and anger. There will be trouble and distress for every human being who does what is evil. And I say, praise God. All of you young people that are marching in the streets for social justice. What about justice for the people who already died? Young people today, you think you're so oppressed. Read a history book. Look what people went through. It was horrible. It was awful. The only good news about life previously was it was short. 
That was the best news. You'll die soon. It's terrible. Terrible. Listen to me. We desperately, desperately need God to judge evil. What happens to all those evil people that enslaved? Well, that was the past. No, 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 no. One day on the day of judgment, it will be very, very present. You bought people, you owned people, you raped people. You're gonna stand before God. You're gonna stand before God. You ever, you ever been on jury duty? Oh, good God, if there's ever a reason not to commit a crime, just serve on jury duty. Your future is in these people's hands. Nobody wants to be there. You know, some people are more interested in their knitting, their iPhone, their selfie. They wanna know if there's free coffee. The coffee's gross. Sitting next to the person that hasn't showered ever. You're gonna be judging. You have no judgment. Wash your pits. These are the people that are deciding? I was, on a, I was on a murder trial. I just kept looking around. Dear God, dear God, these people are gonna decide the fate of someone? Oh, the people have spoken. Yeah, but maybe they should have been quiet. <laughs> you know what? One of my, one of the most important spiritual influencers in my life, it's come out, he died this last year, and it's come out that he, he, he really was not what he said he was. His name is Rabbi Zacharias. And man, I tell you, there have been few things in my life that have broken me as bad as his real life. But you know what I told my wife? I said, I'd rather stand before God than before people today. Because there's no hope with people. There's no mercy anymore. I would rather stand before God than you. Right? When David commits adultery, God gives him a choice. God gives him a choice. Do you wanna be judged by people or do you wanna be judged by me, by me? You know what David says? David says, I wanna be judged by you, Lord, because at least there's a hope for mercy. Oh, and some of you, I'm not religious. No, you're judgmental, that's what you are. You're so judgmental, you look at, you look at the universe and you decide in your arrogance there isn't a God. Oh, well, hey. You've been around here for what, a week? You know, thank you, Captain Smarty Pants. And now, and now it's not enough to have freedom of religion. You want freedom from religion. And you know why that is? You don't want anybody reminding you of the stupidity of your judgment. There will be trouble and distress for every human being who does evil and praise God, praise God. Some of you may be afraid of the death penalty, God is not. God is not. And you and your self-righteous horse, well, who, who, who gets to say? Well, who, who, who are you to tell me what punishment should look like or shouldn't look like for the person who hurt my family or killed my family? Who are you? You know who you are? You're God. But there's glory and honor and peace for everyone who does what's good. Don't give up. I know some of you, man, you are, you are in the news and out of God's word. You have, you've gone to fake news, bad news, terrible news, and you've forgotten the good news. There is glory and honor and peace for everyone who does good. Don't give up. Don't give up. First for the Jew and then for the Gentile. For God does not show favoritism. Oh, we're just all waking up. To, hey, we should treat all people equally. Well, you should have read the Bible. 
It's thousands of years ago. And not just Jesus, the prophets. The prophets said, you don't have to be Jewish to worship God. God just simply called the Jews to tell the rest of us knuckleheads about how good he was. That's it. For God does not show favoritism. He doesn't. You know why God has to be the judge? Next time you walk into a courthouse, find Lady Justice. Find her. Why is, why is justice a lady? Guys, Think, pray about that. Ladies, why did a bunch of patriarchal, misogynistic men make justice a lady? Because they know how dumb we are. What does she have? First of all, she's a woman, so there's hope for mercy. Second of all, she's blind. She doesn't see you, your color, your wealth, your status. And then look at her arms. They're bound. So she doesn't take a bribe. You see, some of you think we're so intellectually sharp today. We are getting dumber, not smarter. For God does not show favoritism. All who sin apart from the law will perish apart from the law. And all who sin under the law will be judged by the law. Listen to me, some of you young people who've been raised right. You're gonna be judged differently because you knew better. We'll get to that in a minute. For it is not those who hear the law that are righteous in God's sight. You're not better because you're listening to me but it is those who obey the law that will be declared righteous. Indeed, the Gentiles who do not have the law, by nature, they do things required by the law. Let me, if you're an atheist and you're listening, isn't it interesting that I'm a Christian and I follow Judeo values, you reject God, and so you go do a bunch of research, you go do a bunch of thinking, and then all of a sudden, you who don't believe in God, you come to the same place I am with what's right and wrong. Isn't that interesting? I just learned it from God. You needed a library. There they are. They're a law for themselves. You see, people know. People know, don't kill people, that's bad. Even though they don't have the law. They're a law for themselves, even though they don't have the law. They show that the requirements of the law are written on our hearts. We all know, right? When you ask your kid, parents, what did you do? Nothing, <laughs> nothing. They know, they know. They show that the requirements of the law are written on their hearts. Their consciences are also bearing witnesses. Right, they know. One of my favorite Instagram videos is this mom who caught her kid and he's, he's colored all over himself and all over his friends. And she says, she says, what did you do? And he says, I did something bad. He knows it. He knows it. I shouldn't color on myself. I shouldn't color on you guys. Well, why did you do it? Well, they wanted to. Isn't it interesting? Listen to this. And then he says, are you gonna tell dad? Why do we have a father in heaven? The two-year-old knows. Ooh. Is he gonna be mad? And then you know what he asked his mom? Maybe we could just think about what we've done. I die laughing every time I watch it. Some of you are gonna say that on judgment day. Maybe we could just think about what we've done. Feel free for all eternity, there you go. Why do you think there's a weeping and gnashing of teeth in hell? It's a lot of time to think. 
and their thoughts now accuse them. Some of you who are Christians, you have doubts. Do you know my atheist friends tell me, shh, don't tell anyone, I have doubts. Isn't that crazy? And now, now their thoughts are accusing them. Next, this will take place on the day when God judges everyone's secret thoughts through Jesus Christ. You wanna know why married couples, you, you fight so bad? Because you judge what you think they're thinking. Some of my wife and I's worst fights have been about when she tells me what I'm thinking. Like it's hard enough to be responsible for what I do, ladies. It's impossible to be held accountable for what I wasn't even thinking. Sometimes when she asks me, what are you thinking? It's really nothing. I was taking a moment of peace and looking out into the abyss. Let me tell you something. We, we have a loving God who judges because number one, love demands justice. It demands it. Here's the thing, we're not good at justice. We get it wrong all the time. The pendulum swings this way, then this way. We never get it right. We never. And some of you studied, you know, oh, well, the Salem witch trials. Well, what are we doing now with our cancel culture? We just created new witches. And here's the thing. You know what happened to those poor women that were murdered in the Salem witch trials? It didn't matter what their answer was. They died either way. And that's what happens today. Listen to me. Love demands justice, but you can't bring it. Only God can. And some of us have a hard time. Well, I don't understand why God is so judgmental because love demands it. It demands it. Listen to me. If someone hurts your child, if someone is in the act of hurting your child, is it loving to not punish that person? To not step in between and deal with the person committing the crime? That's not love. That is some kind of messed up, tweaked version of love in your head. And some of you, you've had horrific things, horrific things happening to your life. And for some of you, this is keeping you from a relationship with God. And you want to know, God, where were you? On judgment day, he's going to say, I'm here. I'm here. And he's going to punish the person who did what they did to you. And then he's going to wipe away your tears. And you're going to be, listen to this, healed. Like I love therapists, but you're going to have to find something else to do for all eternity because we're gonna be better. We're gonna be better. No Zoloft, no Prozac, we're good. We're good, no Xanax, we're good. Because God is good. Here's what I want you to understand. We have divorced love and justice as a culture. We've divorced it. You see, when we were a male-driven culture, we really lacked love. We lacked compassion. Now we've shifted in the other direction and we lack justice. We like to, my wife and I have a very different picture of justice. One time, man, my son, and let me tell you something, mamas, I know your boy loves you and he's 11, but puberty is coming. <laughs> and my boy turned 13 and that little cute sweet thing, I don't know where he went, but he was not here. I'll never forget, I lost it. Dad, you ever lost it? Like you, you don't know it until later because you just see red and you lose it. The one thing I remember as I dove like a superhero for my son is my wife dove in between us shouting, don't do anything you'll regret. And I looked at my wife dead in the face and I said, I will not regret anything. 
Then I had to take a walk. Listen to me, ladies. Listen to me. We need men. Men, listen to me. We need women. Go figure, God put us together to raise kids. Woo, shocker. Controversial. Listen, if my son didn't have a mother, he might not be here and I'd be in prison and you have another pastor. But if he didn't have a father, he might be in prison. That's what Barack Obama said. A young man without a father is 10 times more likely to be incarcerated. Don't divorce love and justice. Hosea says this, so you by the help of God, so you by the help of your God return. Return to what? Listen to this. Hold fast to love. Amen, right? Amen. And justice. And justice. And justice. So what that means if you're black, you care about justice for all people. That means if you're a cop and some cop does something horrific and you know, you know you work with knuckleheads. You look at him like, how did you get through? How did you get through the background check? <laughs> Listen to me, police officers, stand with justice. Stand with justice. We gotta do the same. When pastors screw up, when a white person screws up, stand with justice. Stand with justice. Don't be political to correct, stand with justice. What is right? So by the help of your God, hold fast to love and justice. If you're a single mom, man, step up the justice. Step it up. And you better put it in that boy while you're bigger. Put the fear of God in him because he's gonna grow. You gotta use those mind powers, those mama mind powers. Use it when they're little. Scare them, huh? What are you doing? And you tell them this, if there's not a man in home, you tell them there's a man in heaven, he's coming. He's coming. And you may lie to your mama, but you can't lie to him. Hold fast to love and justice and wait continually for your God. You know why? Because without God, we turn into the French and we just cut everybody's head off. That's what happens. Without God, we say kill Jesus and give us Barabbas. Jesus called himself the son of God. Barabbas is the son of our father. Listen to me, people. He's ethnically like us. He is politically like us. Kill Jesus and free Barabbas, a known killer. Isn't that crazy? And that's what so much of the social justice movement is. It's, I'm, I'm gonna be concerned about the people who look like me. Let me tell you what got us into this mess, that. We all need to be concerned about justice, justice for all, for all. I've been in the court, I've been on the jury duty. I'm praying for you. I don't want you there. Micah 6, 8, oh man. You know, we call them minor prophets, but they got a major point, don't they? He has told you, oh man, oh man, what is good? And what does the Lord require of you but to do justice and to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God?
Ladies, you got to move towards justice. Men, you got to move towards loving kindness. That's why we have the church. So you don't have to be married. You have to be married to the church and you need to be challenged. A loving God judges. Here's why. Because love holds us accountable. Romans 14, 12, and we'll get there. God knows when. Yes, yes. This is the apostle Paul, the God of grace, the God of, the, the, the guy that teaches us about the God of mercy, the guy that teaches us that, that, that salvation is a gift to us. It's nothing that we earn. Here's what he says to you, to me. Yes, each of us, that's you, that's me. He's writing to Christians, Christians, each of us will give a personal account to God. Each of us, each of us, we're gonna stand before God. Well, what keeps me from becoming like Rabbi Zacharias? I'm a man, I have sexual urges, I, I have moments of weakness. Listen to this text, it's burned into my mind. Obey your spiritual leaders. That's what leaders say who want to manipulate and twist you, but it's the word of God, so pray about it. Obey your spiritual leaders and do what they say. Why? Their work is to watch over your soul. Do you know people think I'm crazy for preaching to you on Romans chapter one? They just look, why would you do that? Because I care about your soul and God's gonna hold me accountable to what your soul heard. Their work is to watch over your soul. My job's not to be famous, to be cool. My job's not to get rich. My job's not to be happy. My job is to make sure your soul gets to heaven forever. Right? Why is that? I'm gonna be held accountable. I'm gonna, I'm gonna stand before God for what I did and taught. So give them reason to do this with joy and not sorrow. Do you know how hard it is to get young men and women to go into the ministry? The pay's terrible. And sometimes you guys are mean. Be nice, be nice. Next time you're sending me an email in all caps. Jeez. Give them reason to do this with joy and not sorrow because that would not be for your benefit. You know what happens when we're overly critical of our leaders? We get bad ones. Here's why you need to understand. Here's why you so desperately need accountability. And if you're a young parent today, I need your ears to, peer, to, to just perk up and I need you to listen because you're not gonna hear this from the world. The world is screwed up and they're gonna jack your kid up. Here's why we need accountability. When I believe I am accountable to God, I will be responsible towards others. You see, accountability leads to, listen to me, mamas, responsibility. And we don't have responsible men like anywhere anymore. We got a bunch of Peter Pans running around. They're off to Never Never Land, 45 years old, play video games, work one day a week serving coffee, then they get a leg cramp. Oh, Oh my gosh, I gotta find a job that makes me happy. No, you gotta find a job. Listen to me, mamas. Do you, know, do you know what went wrong with a lot of these Peter Pans? They're mama. Oh, come to mama. Come to mama. Mama will protect you. You love mama forever. No, 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 no. Listen to me, ladies, listen to me. This, boys need to be raised to be responsible. Responsible. Well, that's a patriarchal massage. God's either right or he's not. He's either right or he's not. And listen to me, ladies, listen to me. The Bible never says you need a man. But when God looked at Adam, he said, there's a problem. 
It's, it's not good. Adam, I love you, brother. I love you. It's not good for you to be alone. <laughs> Ladies, right? What happens to your man when he's by himself for too long? He gets into trouble. Ladies, you're dangerous when you're together. That's when we don't need these guys, you know? Listen to me, ladies, if you're single, you're like, oh my gosh, I'm never gonna get married. You're gonna be fine. Genesis chapter two, for this reason, mama, a man, your job is to raise a man, not a boy. A man will leave his mother and father and be joined to his wife. Marriage helps men grow up. And ladies, some of you are like, well, I married a boy. Well, let him face the consequences. Stop saving him. And if you don't want to be married to a boy, stop treating him like one, treat him like a man. Listen to me, we need responsibility. Accountability leads to responsibility. Listen to me, parents. The number one job you have as a parent is to say no and mean it. No, don't do that. Mommy's gonna count. As soon as you count, I know you're a joke. I know you're a joke. And the kid knows you're a joke. Don't do that. Mama said one. One and a half. And some of you stay at home dads, you're just as bad. Daddy said stop. I'm gonna take your apron off and stand up. Be a man. Knock it off. Dad said stop. One, two, three. You ever been on an airplane? 14, 15. Mommy said 27. Listen to me. When the Lord, when the Lord gives commandments to Moses, do you know what word begins at every commandment? No. No, we translate it don't, but low means no. No, you don't do this. No, you don't do that. Well, that's restricting their freedom. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. You gotta teach them no. Why? So they have a conscience. What, what, do, what does Pinocchio do? He smashes his, con his conscience and he runs off to Pleasure Island. And now you don't have to go anywhere. You have your computer. Ooh, look at this. And you stay a boy. Listen to me, mamas. Here's the interesting thing about boys. Isn't it interesting? You ever thought about this? Peter Pan, and by the way, what, what, we, we, we don't study anything anymore. Pan is the Greek god of fertility or puberty. And when you look at Google pictures of him, he's scary. It's where we get the English word panic. Growing up is scary, isn't it? I'm watching my kids grow up. They're in their 20s, they're late teens. And here's what I tell them. It's scary, but mom and dad, we're here for you. We're here, but you gotta do it. You gotta grow up. Here's the thing, listen to me, young men, listen to me. And listen to me, mamas. Isn't it interesting that Peter Pan never grows up, but strangely, oddly enough, he finds himself in the evening in a little girl's bedroom. Whoa, what is that? You see, the urges come even if you remain a boy. And some of you say, well, I don't want to be like my mom and dad. I don't want to be like grownups. They're crotchety and mean like Captain Hook. Don't be like those nasty people. Become like Jesus. Grow up. Accountability leads to responsibility. When you say no, you got to mean it. Mean it. Oh, I don't want to spank my child. Don't spank your child. You're bigger. Hold them down. Parents are like, oh, I can't keep my child in bed. Put your, put your hand on them. They're like 14 pounds. <laughs> and hold them down and they won't like it and they'll scream. You know what? Here's the thing is, here's what's wrong with our society today. We got all these kids that have never been told no. 
And then all of a sudden they get into the real world and they don't know what to do. And we got all these parents, oh my gosh, no. I remember one time I was driving in the car, I told my daughter, I said, knock it off or I'm gonna pull over. She says, you won't pull over. <laughs> pulled over, grabbed her by the car seat, pulled her in my face. Now the corner of my eye, I see my mom and dad in the other car, they pulled over. They're like, oh my gosh, what's happening? I'm like, you used to beat me. What, what happened? They didn't beat me. I love my mom and dad, but we had capital punishment in my home. That's all I'm saying. Man, I grew up in a home. I was at my grandmother's house. You had to go out and pick your own switch. And she would say, don't pick a little one. I made it. But we got all these kids and never been told no, and they can't make it. Accountability leads to responsibility. Listen to me, guys. A big part of you growing up is getting married and becoming a man and becoming responsible for your wife and for your kids and having a career and supporting and protecting. Ladies, you don't need it. You're already responsible. That's why you guys do so good in school. <laughs> Sit and listen. Okay. Right, guys? We're like, ah, 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 ah. we're a mess. But listen to me, young men. Accountability will lead to responsibility. But guess what responsibility leads to? Meaning. And what does meaning bring? Happiness. But some of you parents, oh, I just want my kid to be happy. And they never will because you never held them accountable. They didn't become responsible. They don't know what it is to be meaning. Look, my, I, don't, I, mean, I don't wanna be happy. I don't wanna run off every pretty girl that bats her eyes at me and leave my wife and leave my family and leave my job and leave my church because these things give me meaning. I, I am my wife's husband and it's an honor. I am my children's father and it's an honor. It's a good thing. It's a good thing. And we're so different and that's okay. It's okay, every night my wife says, you want, do you lock all the doors? No, why? She's afraid. The only scary thing in my house I'm afraid of is me. Come to my home, I'm gonna leave a mark. Right? You say, well, Jesus said, turn the other cheek. That's outside, that's outside. You come in my home and you're gonna meet the line of the jungle, man. Line of the jungle. And some of you ladies, well, my husband is just so, yeah, a man. A man, my son first went into sports, the coaches are yelling at him, we raised two girls, and then we had my son, my wife's like, these guys are out of control. I'm all, honey, it's like we were in Africa watching lions, I'm all, these are men, these are men. My son's running down the court, you ever seen a coach running down with, the whole way, and then back, just chewing him up, one down on the other. My wife's like, we need, we need orange slices, and we need, we need encouragement. It's different, it's different, you know, it's different. It's okay, it's okay, it's okay. Everybody take a chill pill. Here's the thing, God, God wants to teach you to be accountable because without accountability, you'll be Peter Pan and you'll never grow up. And let me just say this, some of you, oh, I just wanna be on vacation forever. I think that's hell, that's hell. Before the fall, God gave Adam work. Work, here's something to do. Here's meaning for your life. You were to work and keep the garden. Listen to me, guys, you are the Lord of the earth. Just stay away from that tree. What tree again? Same thing your kids will do. You gotta constantly tell your kids, no, no. So that when they get out into the real world, they have an anchor. According to my understanding, here's how God's gonna hold me accountable. To all who sin apart from the law will also perish apart from the law. 
and all who sin under the law will be judged by the law. Listen to me, heaven ain't gonna be the same and hell isn't either. God's gonna hold you accountable for you, for you. What did you know? We all have a general sense of right and wrong because we're made in the image of God. What did you do? God does not treat, you know, the person who murders and the person who jaywalks the same. That's stupid. Next, according to my ability, Jesus tells a story about the day of judgment. That's what the parable of talents is about. To one, he gave five bags of gold, to another, two bags of gold, right? And to another, one bag. Some of you are so mad. Well, he got three, he got four, they got seven. Elon Musk got a million. You know, on judgment day, you know what you're gonna do when Elon's standing there? You're gonna go, oh God, hey, Elon. <laughs> I don't think your Tesla is gonna get you out of here, buddy. He's been given a lot of talents. You need to stop worrying about what everyone else has and you need to be accountable for what you have. What you have. Romans 2.11, for God does not show favoritism. He's gonna judge you for who you are. He's gonna judge you for what you knew. And listen to me, Christian kids, he's gonna judge you differently because you knew better, you were raised right. Some of these kids weren't raised at all. Some were raised by wolves. Some of them were left in the street to figure it out on their own. That's not you. See, that's why a lot of Christian kids love to run with kids that weren't raised. It makes them feel better. It's why the apostle Paul says, never forget this bad company corrupts good character. Next, according to my opportunity, right? We throw this word around a lot, privileged. We're all privileged in some way. Some of us more than others by our gender, you know, in society, by, by the color of our skin. Those are, but by a mom and dad by parents who went to college, by parents who didn't get divorced. Dude, we're, we're, we're privileged genetically, you know? My kid's got no shot at looking like LeBron James' son's kids. He's got no shot, right? I mean, we're Irish. I'm the tallest man on either side of my family. This, you're looking at the pinnacle of the Browns. <laughs> and by definition, I'm an average-sized male. Yay, Browns, way to go. <laughs> Ephesians 5.16, listen to this. Some of you, you're mad that you didn't get someone else's opportunity. You won't be held accountable for their opportunity. You're gonna be held accountable for yours. Ephesians 5, 16 and 17, be very careful. I used to use this when I did weddings. Be very careful then how you live. Not as unwise, but as wise. Making the most of every opportunity. Why? Because the days are evil. The days are evil. What happens to Pinocchio when he runs away from his loving father? He encounters the fox who's a liar. And he's not ready, mom and dad. He's not ready. And he doesn't know. He doesn't know. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Listen to me, parents. Do you know how your kids understand what the Lord's will is? It's not by praying. It's not by fasting. It's not by dancing or doing yoga. It's by learning the stories. You start with the stories and then you learn the principles. It's why Jesus, why does Jesus always tell a story? Because we remember the stories and they stay with us and we extract the meaning later. You know what's wrong with kids today? They don't know the story. If I went into almost every public high school and I said, Job, Isaiah, Jeremiah, if I said the good Samaritan, right? They might think State Farm Insurance, right? They don't know, they don't know. They don't know the stories and we as a society are suffering the consequences. And even the atheist, 
Even the atheist who comes up with his version or her version of right or wrong, they do so with 2,000 years of Judeo-Christian values sitting under them, whether they know it or not. Next, according to my obedience. Some of you, God bless you, I love you, but you're constantly worrying about what you don't understand in the Bible. You wanna know what I worry about? What I do understand. That's what keeps me up at night. Isn't it interesting? All these Christians love to study these really hard concepts. And you know why that is? They're running like Pinocchio from what they know to be true. Wouldn't that be nice if your nose just grew every time you lied to yourself? In the original story of Pinocchio, he tells two types of lies. The obvious one, his nose grows. The other one, not so obvious, his legs shrink. Do you know why that is? You can't outrun the truth. You can't, it will find you. For it is those who hear the law it is not those who hear the law that are righteous. Oh, pastor, I went to church. Okay, did you do it? Did you obey? But it is those who obey the law who will be declared righteous. Well, I'm a Christian. Okay, have you ever obeyed? No. Then you never repented. You never repented. Faith in Christ is one part. Repentance is the other. Last point, a loving God judges because love rewards faithfulness. It does. So many parents get it wrong. They treat their kids the same. You need to treat your kids like God does as individuals. You know what you're doing when you treat your kids the same? You're restricting one and holding one back and cursing another. Look, life's not fair. It's why Cain killed Abel. It's not fair. I don't know why everything my brother Abel does works out. I don't know why he's smarter, more talented, more blessed. And the Lord says, sin is crouching at your door. Abel's not your problem. You are, Cain. Cain doesn't listen and he killed his brother. Treat your children as individuals. They need different words. They need different encouragement. Listen, every time a person comes to Jesus, have you noticed he says different things? To the rich man, sell what you have. Nicodemus, you have to be born again. It's constantly different because he sees his children and he knows what their sin is and where they need to be challenged. Parents, anybody with multiple kids, right? I mean, they come out so different. Sometimes I'm like, hmm, you know, I, this is strange. This is strange. They're so radically different and they struggle getting along. You know what that's helping them get ready for? Church. That's why we can't get along. We're brothers and sisters and it means nothing. Sometimes we're meaner, meaner to each other than we are to anybody else. Romans 2, 7, to those who by persistence in doing good seek glory, honor, and immortality, he will give eternal life. That's what we're working for. That's what we're striving for. That's what we're waiting for. 2 Corinthians 5, 10, another letter that Paul writes to the church. This is not to lost people. You know, I always love when you go to football games and basketball games, people have the signs that were written for Christians and they're giving them to not, repent, you'll go to hell. I mean, that's, that's to us, to us. You know, not to a Rams fan, you know? To us, to Jesus fans, that's to us. We need to tell people about Jesus so they fall in love with him. Then we tell them how to repent. Second Corinthians 5.10, for we must all, that's me, your pastor, and that's you. We must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. Why? So that each one may receive what is due for what he has done in the body. That's why sexuality matters. What have you done in the body? What did you do with your life? What did you do with your life? We're not guaranteed 
equal, you know, height or width or beauty, we're guaranteed equal judgment. And we're going to be held accountable for our abilities, our understanding, and what we did. What did we do? And not only what we did wrong, but listen, what we did right. Anybody ever feel unnoticed? All your hard work, all the things that you do to try to be a good person. And some of you are so tempted. Yeah, the world's going to hell. Let's join them. Don't. That's why Paul says in Galatians, do not grow weary in doing good. That's actually, it's a cute verse and some of you have it in your kitchen. It's actually a verse about the return of Jesus. He says, don't be mocked. What you sow, what you plant in the ground, you reap forever. So don't grow weary in doing good for in due time, you will reap what you planted. So that each, month, each one may receive what is due for what they've done in the body, whether good or evil. Jesus says this, one of the last verses in the Bible. This is all the way at the end. Jesus said, look, I'm coming soon. And my reward is with me. It's with me. One of my favorite things when I was a kid, my dad would go on a vacation or a travel for work. He'd always come back with something. He'd say, here it is. And before he would leave, he would say something like this. I expect a good report from your mother. You know who our mother is? It's the church, the bride of Christ. He's going to want a good report. And when he does, my reward is with me. And I will give according to everyone what? What they've done. Don't give up, church. Don't be afraid of accountability. Don't be afraid of the day of judgment. Pray, Lord Jesus, come. Lord Jesus, come. Let me pray for you right now. Heavenly Father, I pray in the mighty, powerful name of Jesus that we would pray, come. That we would be ready, that we would be found working on the day of your return, doing good, loving others, standing for justice, being kind people, as men and women created very differently but called to the same purpose and saved by the same Lord, we ask that you strengthen us. We ask this in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Wow, what an amazing message. You know, Pastor Matt spoke so much about, about both the importance and the challenge of parenting kids today in a godly way. And whether we're parents or not, the goal of learning how to follow Jesus in a culture that doesn't applies to all of us. Now, I know some of us heard Pastor Matt and the last thing we want is for someone else to tell us how to raise our kids. But what I do know is that we all need the accountability that leads to responsibility. Here at Sandals Church, we find that accountability in community is exactly what we need. There's nothing like being in relationships with other people of faith who love us and want us to be the best version of ourselves or the best parents that we need to be for our kids. If you are not in community or, or if you are not yet part of a Sandals Church Anywhere location, I want you to know that that is my goal for you, to start a Sandals Church Anywhere location yourself or to join one. You can find out more how to do just that by going to sandalschurch.com slash anywhere. You know, when we started our Win in Rome teaching series at the beginning of this year, our weekly messages were reaching around 25,000 people each week. But as Pastor Matt has started tackling some really tough topics, 
more people have been checking us out. In fact, one of Pastor Matt's recent messages saw a huge growth and reached 37,000 people. That's an additional 12,000 people who have been introduced to the vision of being real, and that's thanks to your giving. When you give, you make it possible for us to keep sharing messages like this around the world. This is the time to join in if you want to make an impact. You can go to give.se today. Now, let's sing one more time and worship our living God. Great. 
because the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, the God above everything, He's also my King. He's my closest friend. He's a fourth within the flame, which means He's here with us. He's here with you. He's our King.
Sandals Church, thank you so much for being here. And my hope for you is that you would take this message and live it out. The message, the hope that we sing, it's all needed today for you and for the people around you. It's needed in our world. So live it out, be real, and live like Christ in a culture that doesn't. Let's really represent Christ. We'll see you next week.